Welcome to Beyond the Minimum, where we'll be exploring the world of work. We'll be chatting about concepts, ideas, and phrases, explore practices, and delve into what good looks like. Work can be purposeful, value-led, and more meaningful to all who interact with the workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Tanya Hewitt, who lives in unceded Algonquin Anishabe territory, otherwise known as Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. My family has had the chance to experience some pretty beautiful meals in very posh kind of environments. We are talking about very expensive meals, and I just wanted to share a little bit of a perspective I've gained on this. There was once where we were eating something in advance of going to a show, and we needed to rush through this meal because we really didn't have much time to eat it before the show was going to start. And it was very jarring to have to wolf down a meal that really should be savored, should be appreciated, and take your time with this. Another one is when we had gone out to a lavish experience and we had starved ourselves because we wanted to make use of this incredible meal that we were going to be eating. But what happens there is that we tend to be so hungry, we're just ravenous when this beautiful presented plate comes in front of us. And instead of slowly appreciating the food, we are just so hungry that we need to get it into ourselves. And we might not be appreciating the flavors or the colors or the way it has been presented on the plate. So in my experience, if you do want to treat yourself and go out to a nicer experience where presentation is important, the chef is taking care to put flavor combinations together for you with all sorts of different ingredients. One, make sure that you have enough time to appreciate the experience. And number two, try not to go there absolutely ravenously hungry so that you can savor the flavors that are given to you. Today's episode is Sayings That Should Cease. Hi everyone. Today's saying that should cease is, if you build it, they will come. This phrase was popularized through a 1989 film entitled Field of Dreams, where a corn farmer was inspired to build a baseball diamond in his cornfield at great financial risk. The diamond started to attract at first ghost players that started to be seen by other people and then they could start charging and this whole fantasy of people beginning to watch baseball and paying for the pleasure of doing so becoming a reality. This was an impactful movie. It started to become super impactful with the phrase, if you build it, they will come. You can find a lot of business articles that have since been written that have paired this with the power of positive thinking. When these two concepts have been merged together, they seem to be an unstoppable force. If you believe in what you're doing and if you 
build it, all you have to do is sit back and wait for people to come. I had undertaken a doctoral degree a few years ago, and the project that I undertook was incident reporting systems. One of the myths that I had tried to break in writing that dissertation was, if you build it, they will come. I firmly believe that incident reporting systems are one of the systems that can do more harm if you implement them without doing your homework first than if you had never tried to implement an incident reporting system in the first place. A lot of businesses tend, when they go down the incident reporting road, to put a lot of effort in the user interface that begins to set the incident reporting system up to be designed in a way that reports that could get into the system won't be analyzed and acted on because all of the effort is being put on to just getting people to report. Because of that, the longevity of the incident reporting system is very short-lived because people don't see the value in reporting anything if nothing is ever acted upon. Another truism with incident reporting systems is that people believe that just because you build it, people will start reporting. One of the genesis is that a word? <laughs> to get incident reporting on the radar for a business at all is the media. The media will often, after a horrific accident, will talk to employees or former employees. And if there was no incident reporting system, that will be highlighted and become headlines and very newsworthy. And then all of a sudden, everything becomes about incident reporting systems, right? So if that is the reason that people are setting up incident reporting systems because of the fear induced by media headlines, you might want to question if that is a good reason to set up a system that is going to need a whole lot of investment thereafter. There are lots of incident reporting systems that are just not used to their potential, mostly because they were premised upon the belief, if you build it, they will come. This isn't supposed to be a podcast on incident reporting systems, so I'll keep this very brief. Some reasons might be lack of training on how to use the system in the first place, or a lack of timely training when you put adult learning principles in the mix there. Or a lack of buildup, a lack of hype about the whole system. Poor implementation would be in that category. So those are more transactional type of issues. Were you to figure out what the solution is, you could probably execute the solution fairly easily and address that issue. However, a far more insidious issue is lack of trust. And that's on the personable side. And that is going to be a much, much harder issue to address through some type of corrective action plan. Christian Harris is a prolific guy on LinkedIn, and I have attended some of his sessions where he shares his secret sauce to his successful business. He used the phrase, if you build it, they will come in a negative way in his presentations. 
It reminds me that you can have the best system, the best thought, or the best idea. A colleague of Beethoven might have written the best symphony ever. Maybe he just had it in his head. Maybe he wrote it down and put it in a drawer or even burned it or something. It could have been the best symphony ever. But if nobody knows about it, we have to start wondering what best is. If you have the best something and yet have not developed trust, then building it will likely be as fanciful as the movie, The Field of Dreams. Instead of starting with building, Ginny Whitelaw asks in a Forbes article, if you build it, will they come? In this article, she suggests that resonance guides a lot of our lives, and we should use it to help us. Another way to see this same phenomenon is fit, which is against a societal understanding of a one-size-fits-all. It is playing to our uniqueness and how this will resonate with our people. In her article, she talks about a four-phase process. First phase is ideation, getting the idea, and that should make us excited and enthusiastic. And that's how we know that it's going to resonate with us, because we, we know that we're excited about the idea. Her second phase is socialization. This is where she talks about early testing with others to see if our enthusiasm is contagious. And this is where we can refine aspects of our idea that don't resonate with others and reify things that are resonating with others. After that phase, she talks about planning. And so this is part of the steps of implementation where you will actually lay out the how of what you are going to do, including environmental factors, including is the timing right, doing measurements in order to know if this is going to be a successful enterprise. Christian Harris's program uses measurement a lot. You have to have a way to gauge if this is going to work, as opposed to just guessing. And her fourth stage is build it. Not her first, her fourth. In this phase, she's talking about experimenting constantly, taking feedback and learning and improving all the time. So she talks about, I'm quoting from her article here, if the idea we sense matches us and is truly in the zeitgeist, supported by larger forces or real needs, then yes, build it and they will come. If what we're sensing is a fantasy of our own ego and building it is a way to prove ourselves or feel like we're accomplishing something, no matter how positive and determined we are, it may not work. Deep listening at these junctures will help us discern the difference. When an idea is right for us and ready to happen, the result is us making exactly the difference that is ours to make. When we can be that open and clear, we lead not for the sake of ego, but rather use the ego in service of others. Build from there, and all things will come to you. Another model that comes to mind is Pat Lencioni's Working Genius. So I have my certification in this, 
and I love this model, if only because it introduces the missing middle. Pat's model has three main phases, each one having two sub-geniuses. I'm not going to go through the whole model here because there's an entire podcast devoted to the working genius. It is an insightful model in that it offers an ideation phase, an activation phase, and an implementation phase. It's not just implementation. And actually, in a lot of people who have taken the survey, I believe, or the assessment, I believe are Western-oriented. And a lot of our Western orientation does come from a very linear 17th century inspired implementation valued approach. So the just do it kind of stuff. The whole idea is that it's not just build. It is far from it. There is a process with many steps before the building. If you build it, they will come. Maybe a nice movie line. But we really need to rethink how it has been implanted in our culture. Quotes from fictional movies designed for entertainment may not be the best life plans. I thank you for listening. I don't know if this is your first episode or if you were a regular listener, having really appreciated some of this content. I just wanted to tell you that I really do appreciate you for listening. If you would like to express your gratitude for this podcast, I would encourage you to buy me a coffee. Head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Tanya H. That's buy, B-U-Y, me, M-E, A, coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, all one word, dot com slash T-A-N-Y-A-H, Tanya H. I will put this in the show notes, and I would really sincerely appreciate your support. In addition to that, you can rate and review this podcast, and I really, really appreciate that you are here listening to what I am sending out to you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Minimum with Tanya Hewitt. We hope this episode aligned with you. Maybe it was diametrically opposed to you, but at any rate, we trust it made you think. The more we can think about our workplaces and start talking about them, the more we can collectively make a real difference. If you're living in Canada, please find out the Indigenous territory in which you reside and begin using it to introduce yourself. Please reach out to Tanya through her email tanya at beyondsafetycompliance.ca connect and chat with her on linkedin follow her company beyond safety compliance and remember to ask yourself the question how does your work look because we can always go beyond the minimum